Hello and welcome to the State News Sports Podcast. I'm sports editor Sam Metry, but today is not about me. I'm going to shut up talking in about 10 seconds as I'm here to introduce um, our new basketball beat reporters, Casey Harrison and Michael Duke. They're going to shepherd the coverage this way for the rest of the year. And uh, you know what? That's enough for me. You guys are going to be talking up this year. Let's get right into it. Please, um, please introduce Casey and Michael. Well, uh, <laughs> hello, everybody. You might remember me from my famous appearances on the State News Sports Podcasts uh, last year. But, yeah, I'm excited for this year. Aren't you, Michael, for some, some basketball coverage? And there's a lot better of a basketball team this year than there was last year. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited, too. Uh, this is my first podcast, but um, definitely excited for the team, how they're looking right now. And uh, it's looking like it's going to be a big year. Yeah, there's definitely there's so much to look at compared to this time last year. Um, coincidentally enough, leading into this Notre Dame game, Michigan State last year played the the number two, number six, and number nine team or number ten team. This year they played the one, the ten, the nine, and then they're getting ready to play the number five. So you can always see how. Tom Izzo really, really likes to schedule tough early in the year, even though he kind of got the luck of the draw with uh, North Carolina and the PK-80. It, it, still, it still shakes out to a pretty tough non-conference schedule. Um, so I, I guess the, the easiest way to kind of go into this is what have you really seen from MSU, Michael, early on in the season so far? Um, what have you liked? What have you not liked? Um, really kind of the, the best indicator, I, I think, um, being the Duke game and then going forward because, you know, you, you get those schools that are really kind of non-competitors. Um, but what have been your first impressions with this team? Well, as far as the positives uh, on the team aspect, I feel like their defense has really been well, been impressive uh, this season so far. Um, they held UNC to their lowest shooting percentage um, in their school history, and UNC is shooting you know, really well this season, shooting well 50% from the field. Um, and they held Luke May to just eight points after he went off against Arkansas for 28. Um, obviously, you know, some of the negatives, turnovers. Uh, they had two 20-plus turnovers uh, games so far this season. Uh, against Duke, their one loss um, this season, they had 24 turnovers. So so obviously, um, that's a negative uh, early in the season. But as far as the strength of their non-conference schedule so far, going up against those you know top 10 uh, ranked teams, I feel like that's going to help them out in the long term. Obviously, they got to, you know, you know, look at Duke. Uh, they lost to Duke. Um, uh, they got to you know, kind of look in the mirror and and and, uh, and shore up some of those mistakes going on to the later parts of the season. But uh, I, I feel like I feel like uh, from the team aspect, they've been playing really well defensively. I feel like player aspects. I feel like Josh Langford and Cassius Winston have really shown their improvements on the offensive end, both posting career highs in the PKA tournament. So. Um, I, going into this next matchup against Notre Dame, I just feel like, once again, defense and rebounding is going to be a big key in terms of getting a win. Bonzi Colson is, I mean, he's shooting 59% he's from the field, um, 20 and 10. So I feel like Jaron Jackson's definitely going to have a big, his hands full um, going into this next game. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I feel, especially with the early part of the season, the difference between this team when they played Duke and the difference now is when Miles Bridges was taken out of the equation and he was taken out in Duke in terms of they defended him really well. They, when he wasn't in the game, you know, over the course of last weekend in the PK-80, he physically wasn't in the game. 
but they still found a way to score, and that's what they couldn't do against Duke. So as they prepare tonight for Notre Dame, that game tips off at 7 p.m., um, they've got five scorers now. They're starting five, all shooting in double figures. Um, and that's, that's something that they weren't able to do all of last year is to get each scorer you know, in a rhythm early in the game and you know, carry it throughout. Um, and that's the biggest difference that I've seen with this team last year and this year. Um, I know that you didn't cover the team last year, but I guess in terms of just looking at this Notre Dame game, what do you think really sticks out to you? You talked about Bonzi a little bit, um, but what else do you think would be the key for MSU to win this game? I definitely feel like Cassius, his defense is going to be huge in this game. Um, him and Marin, they're going up against uh, Matt Farrell and TJ Gibbs, who are both shooting ridiculously well from the seasons. Uh, uh, TJ Gibbs in particular is shooting 50% from the field and over 50% from three, which is ridiculous just for a sophomore. So I feel like Cassius is going to He's gonna have a tough challenge on his hands um, on the defensive end, and Izzo, Izzo praised his defense recently, um, and and that's that's hard to get recognition for, especially if you're a player under Tom Izzo's system. Definitely, and uh, for a guy like Winston, I mean, he just went off for a career high in the, in the PK80 tournament, and Izzo was like, uh, no, um, you know, as good as the scoring is, his defense has been even better throughout the season consistently. So I feel like Winston is definitely gonna be a big, big, uh, big, big key for uh, the. If MSU wants to get the win, oh, without a doubt, and I think Cassius Winston is really kind of in the early stage of this of this season. Uh, he's broken himself out as you know one of the premier point guards in the Big Ten. Uh, last year, I mean, he, he couldn't defend the broadside of a barn. <laughs> I mean, it couldn't you know he he couldn't catch a cold in terms right, of right. you know the way he played defensively, um, and it's just been such a world of a difference. I think another thing. Josh Langford, he's really right, been right. able to drive the lane, be effective um, on the inside lane, and that's something that he wasn't able to do last year. Izzo talked about it on Tuesday in his press conference that when he showed him film from last year, and last year when Langford was like, "Coach, I am driving the lane," it when Langford saw it this year, he laughed because right, he's right. like, <laughs> "I, <laughs> I guess I wasn't," um, and I, I actually I sat down with. Mark Mazurik, he's the lead basketball reporter for the Notre Dame Observer. Um, hooray student journalism. You know, <laughs> it's always good to talk with your other networks. Um, and he, he gave me a lot of good information uh, about Bonzi Colson um, and the fact that he is Notre Dame's go-to guy. Um, yeah. And whenever teams try to take him out of the equation, that's when you get Matt Farrell or TJ Gibbs in, in the works, and that's, they can also score in bunches. Right. Um, so it, it, for those who don't know, Bonzi Colson, he's a senior AP preseason All-American. Um, he's averaging a double-double a game, 20 points, 10 boards. Uh, and you can kind of take him out, but he's still he's so good at what he does. He, he doesn't try to do too much uh, like a lot of players try to do. He's really good at just doing his job like an assembly line worker. Um, and and, it, and it, it's all kind of talked about how he can beat you from a variety of ways. Yeah, he's he's good from the outside on the perimeter. He can drive the lane inside because of his size. He's six foot six, I think, um, and, and that really kind of gives him a challenge. Even though he's undersized um, compared to Jaron Jackson, who's going to be covering him for the majority of the night. Um, when I talked to Mr. Missouri, he kind of told me, really, to don't be surprised if MSU has to double team. Bonzi, which opens up other opportunities for Farrell and Gibbs. Right. Um, 
And, and those guys, too, I mean, Farrell is averaging 17.5 a, a game, and Gibbs is averaging 15.5. Um, so it's really up to those three guys. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to be up to Langford and Cassius to kind of defend them. But if they can, I, I really like their, you know, their ability to win this game. It's at home. It's at the Breslin. It's in front of, you know, 15,000 people. That's going to be loud tomorrow, right. especially if MSU can go on, uh, if they can string together a couple of really big runs. I mean, that place is going to be rocking. I also think rebounding is going to be huge. So along with making sure you defend and stay with Colson, I feel like Jackson's going to have to definitely, you know, make sure he controls the paint, controls the boards. The one game in which MSU lost this year, they were out-rebounded. Notre Dame, on the other hand, they're undefeated, and they've out-rebounded all their opponents in every game. So that's definitely going to be another key. Um, But, yeah, I I definitely think that um, Breslin's going to be rocking tomorrow. And uh, MSU, if they can just play good team defense, control the paint, control the boards, limit turnovers, which has been pretty much the main, the biggest uh, negative, you could say, for their season, starts to start their season so far, I definitely feel like they can have a good shot at winning this game. Yeah, and I mean, we can talk about the matchups all we want. I mean, uh, pretty much it just sounds like, hey, don't lose. Right. Um, so let's turn the page a little bit. Let's talk about what we expect for this team going forward. We are the B-Riders. This is really our first kind of formal introduction to the people. Um, so, Michael, what are you expecting to see out of this team uh, through the Big Ten? Where, where are they kind of going to stack up at the end of the year, and uh, why? I definitely feel like they should, they'll end up you know, being the class of the Big Ten. Um, right now, Minnesota is the only other Big Ten team ranked in the top 25 in both polls, in the AP and the coaches poll. So um, I definitely feel like, you know, they're going to get the first Big Ten test this upcoming su- Sunday against Nebraska. But uh, ultimately, I definitely feel like they'll be the class of the Big Ten. They just have much more talent. Um, their sophomores are now experienced. They have, you know, they're, they're ready for, you know, the, the grind of Big Ten play. Um, they're going to be acclimated and familiar with some of these Big Ten opponents. Um, so I definitely feel like at the end of the day, at the end of the season, they'll be in good shape in the Big Ten. Oh, yeah, I agree with you, too. I mean, Minnesota's really the only school that's come out out of the gate to really show that they're a competitor for the Big Ten. I would argue that Purdue has done it a little bit, too. Yeah, they got a big win. They, they, they slid a little bit over the weekend, losing two straight, but then they rebounded well against uh, Louisville in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. But you don't have the, the contenders that you did last year. Right. So I'm talking about Indiana who was a little bit of a fringe team, they they did have the ability to, you know, sneak a game in on you, and they did. They beat uh, Michigan State at Indiana. Um, Assembly Hall is a beautiful place, by the way. But Northwestern is a shell of what it was. I mean, right. looking at this, they're not going to make the tournament again this year. Right, right. Um, Michigan, they were, you know, the Cinderella team of the, the big dance last year. Losing their seniors. That, that really kind of put a hurt on them. Penn State had the ability to kind of hurt you. Um, Illinois, they're good so far. I, I just think that they're phony. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's that's the, the truest way to put it. Um, Wisconsin, though, has been a really surprising team. Right, right. The, the fact that, you know, you had Ethan Happ, who kind of could have contended with Miles Bridges' um, you know, Big Ten Player of the Year. They're 3-4 and four right now. Um, they're still shooting the ball pretty well. Um it's just surprising to see the way that they lose. I think Purdue might be the sleeper team. Yeah. Just because of the way, and they're not even a sleeper team in, in a, a huge regard. It's just in the early stages, it looks like a two-horse race right out of the gate. 
Um, but it's Michigan State's con- – or, yeah, it's their conference to lose. Um, every player on the starting five, and they, they have such a deep rotation now. They're so much larger than they were right, just a, a year huge ago. Front court. It's I there's unless there are some catastrophic injuries and Which this team with. they this, have been dealing with that so far this year, but that shouldn't derail them in the Big Ten. Yeah, it and unless you know for whatever reason the locker room there's some kind of revolt in there. They all love <laughs> each other so much that I, it's very hard in my mind to see this team going anywhere but up. Um, and and. You know, they took that loss against Duke, and they're going to turn it into something else. Right. And unless something happens like 2015 kind of did with Denzel Valentine and that whole crew, this team could go very far in the tournament, I think. Right. Just no more Middle Tennessee's unless they run up against another team that has their best shooting night or shooting game of their, their lives against us. They should definitely fare well in the tournament and in the Big Ten. Anything else, Sam? No. Um... I'm excited for the season. I'm uh, ready to be done as sports editor at the end of the semester, and so I can maybe enjoy the season as a fan. I don't know. We'll see. Probably not, though. you got to find a job first. Yeah. Unless, unless if anyone wants to hire me out of the, I don't know, four listeners that this podcast has. No, I'm just talking. This podcast is more than four listeners. Sam.Mitri at statenews.com. Please. Um, yeah, so Michael and Casey are going to be covering MSU basketball this year. They're going to do a great job. I'm excited to read their work and sort of see what they come up with out of this really exciting season for MSU, uh, MSU basketball. Sorry, I'll start talking about MSU football, which I will be doing tomorrow as me and the rest of the football team will be back tomorrow to sort of round out MSU's football season. They uh, knocked off Rutgers as everyone watched or didn't watch. I don't know. Hope everyone enjoyed their Thanksgiving. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll be back sort of maybe give some year-end awards to the team. and uh, Outback Bowl. Outback Bowl. Already here. Outback, Outback Bowl versus Bowl. LSU. Yeah, maybe we'll have fun just randomly picking bowl games that we want to go to, not ones that MSU should go to. Yeah. Bahamas Bowl. Popeye's Bahamas Bowl. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, Casey and Michael will be back every week doing a podcast. Um, date to be determined, but count on one podcast a week from them. Um, I'm excited to listen to it. Catch you guys later.